Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. And welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great estate plans. Uh, my name is Tim Seckler. I am your host for this show. Uh, each and every week, uh, we play it uh, Saturday mornings on Word FM in Pittsburgh. It's also available as a podcast or on our YouTube channel. Uh, and what we try to do with this show is provide you with uh, what I think to be interesting and relevant educational uh, information that you can use um, in, in sort of thinking through uh, how you want your affairs to be handled, all things you need to know about estate planning, post-death administration, nursing home asset protection work, which are all uh, different practice areas where my law firm uh, is, is sort of focused. Uh, I am a certified elder law attorney, which means I've done a, a bunch of this work uh, over the course of the last decade or so, helping families to understand um, how their life interacts with the law uh, and how um, you can uh, you can position yourself well to make sure that your goals, your concerns are accounted for while not running afoul of some of these different tax rules or nursing home rules or, or the different things that impact us. You know, at the end of the day, what I really want to do is help people that have worked their entire lives working to accumulate some stuff, uh, the nest egg, the life savings, whatever you want to call it. Most families, at least it seems to me, want to get these things to their family rather than to some broken government rule book. And so I see my law firm sort of as the tour guide as you're walking through this maze that the government has set up for you called the retirement rules, um, you know, wh whether it's financial rules or long-term care rules. But it, it's a it's just such a difficult situation for a lot of retirees. You know, you shouldn't have to hire a lawyer to understand all this stuff. But the fact is, you kind of do. And, and that gets me to another thing. So today we're going to talk about some technical stuff on one of the most frequently asked questions we get here in the law firm. And that is around the house. Uh, can I lose my house to the nursing home? And if so, what should we do about it? And are there any are there anything? Should I put my house in my kid's name? Um, or, you know, how does this all work? There's a lot of conversation around uh, the nursing home, so to speak, taking your house. And so today we're going to talk about this issue. We're going to take a little bit of a deep dive on it. Um, but before we do that, I need to caveat this as, as we usually do by saying none of the things that I'm going to say in today's episode um, – None of these things are ready for you to be acting on them. You should not make legal or financial decisions based on what you hear on this or any other radio show. Um, these are legal problems that we're talking about, and you may be a family that has never had the experience of working with a lawyer. That's great. Um, you know, we like to try to go through our lives without having legal problems. But this is a situation where you do want to talk to an elder law attorney about the best strategy moving forward for you because we can spend our entire lives ignoring all of these complicated rules that other people get themselves into trouble with because we live straightforward lives. You know, we haven't needed the help of a lawyer. We never went to jail. We never did any of these things. I've never been in a lawsuit. But when you get to your senior years and it comes to doing the estate planning, the will, the trust, whatever it's going to be, doing long-term care asset protection plan, trying to figure out how am I going to get the care that I'm ultimately going to need, 
uh, and how am I not going to go broke in the process? This is a legal problem, and if you've got questions around what I'm talking about today or any other day, you should uh, you should hire an attorney to help you with this. We're available anytime at 724-546-4227, or you can check us out anytime at secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com, uh, where you can find all sorts of information. So at the website, you can find old copies of uh, of this radio show. There's over 80 episodes at this point, um, most of which I, I think are pretty helpful information. Um, you can find pre-recorded videos, account uh, articles, so lots of information on my website for you to cruise. Uh, again, that's secklerlawfirm.com. S e c h l e r lawfirm.com. So let's talk about the house. Um, one of the most common questions that we get in our office is. If I get sick, when I get sick, is this, is the nursing home going to take my house? So let's tackle the way that this works a little bit because a lot of people uh, like to blame the nursing home for taking this stuff. And the fact of the matter is the nursing home really doesn't take anything. Um, the problem is not the nursing home. The nursing home is providing a valuable service. It just so happens that that service is very, very expensive. Uh, and so what happens is people do end up going broke uh, in nursing homes, but it's not because the nursing home is taking your things. It's because we have this sort of screwed up government rule book that requires you to go broke before the government helps you pay for any of this care. You know, Medicare doesn't pay for long-term care. Um, it's all private pay. Most people don't buy long-term care insurance. And so if we find ourselves in a situation where we need long-term care, and that care may be ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars per month just to be in a nursing home. Uh, and if Medicare for our seniors is not going to pay, who is? Uh, and the only answer is medical assistance, Medicaid. But Medicaid has strict asset and income limitations. So Medicaid requires you to essentially go broke before you need uh, before they'll start paying for care. And when they start paying for care, it's great. I mean they pick up most of the bill. Um, but uh the problem is this: these needs-based requirements before you're eligible. Nobody wants to go broke. I mean, we need care. I don't want to go broke to get help to pay for that care. And so what we do at our law firm is try to coach people through, these are the rules. This is what the state's rule book says. And if you follow the rules, if you take these certain actions, you might be able to take um, steps to protect your net worth, to protect your assets, to protect your family at the end of the day. Um, from these harsh rules because one in three of us are going to have dementia and that usually requires some form of long-term care and so let's let's be real and be honest about uh, what we need so when someone goes to the nursing home the the state runs a calculation on the person's income and net worth and for single people in particular, you're really not allowed to own very much. So one thing that we're going to have to chat about is Medicaid treats single people and married people a little bit differently. So, uh, And you can you can take a deeper dive on the eligibility rules in some of the previous shows. But single people essentially have to go broke. Um, you're only allowed to keep up to, in Pennsylvania, up to $8,000 of available resources plus a car plus a funeral arrangement and plus your house. All right? So here's the house. You are allowed to keep your house and become eligible for Medicaid to pay for the nursing home. You don't have to sell the house to become eligible for the nursing home. But here's the problem. That doesn't mean we're going to get to keep the house. Um, so what happens is somebody goes into a nursing home, they spend down, they go through all of their money to become eligible for Medicaid. Um, 
once they're eligible for Medicaid, they're allowed to keep their house, but they're down to $8,000 or less in the bank. Plus, once you're eligible for Medicaid, Medicaid requires you to pay all of your monthly income to the nursing home. So if I'm essentially broke and if all of my money, my monthly income is going to the nursing home, but I have this house, they allow me to keep this house, but how the heck am I paying for this house? I don't have any money for utilities or property taxes or insurance. I don't have any money to make sure somebody's mowing the grass and doing the upkeep. I don't have any money. So how am I going to keep this house? And so then what ends up happening is the family has to consider selling the house. And it's usually the kid, in a single case, through a power of attorney document, wanting to sell the house. And that's all well and good. Most power of attorney documents are going to allow the kid to sell the house. But if we sell the house... Now dad, who's in the nursing home, is going to receive what? They're going to receive cash, the sales proceeds from selling the house. And let's say we sell the house for $200,000. Dad's on Medicaid, so now dad gets $200,000. He's not allowed to have $200,000 in cash. He's only allowed to have $8,000. So now all of a sudden, we sell dad's house. We are now over-resourced for Medicaid because we're not allowed to have $200,000 in cash. And we get booted off Medicaid until we spend all that money, $15,000 a month. Boom, boom, $15,000 every month until that money's gone. Once the money's gone, now dad can go back on Medicaid. But we lost the house. We didn't technically lose the house. We technically sold the house and lost the money. But now we're, getting, we're, we're drawing pretty thin lines here. At the end of the day, we lost the house, um, which is not a great solution here. So then when we're talking to the kids, the kids will say, well, okay. Okay, I understand what this guy is saying. I understand. I get it. So you know what? We're not going to sell the house. Uh, we, the kids, um, we've read Dad's will. And Dad's will says that when he ultimately passes away, we inherit the house. So you know what? I'll pay Dad's property taxes. I'll pay his utilities. I'll get out there every weekend and mow his grass. Because then when he ultimately does pass away, then the executor of the will can sell it, distribute the funds to me and my siblings. You know, the kids take an equal shares. And then, um, and then we've saved the value of the house for the next generation. Except Medicaid typically doesn't let it play out that way. So when someone becomes eligible for Medicaid benefits and they still own a home, they can be eligible for Medicaid. But when they pass away... That house is now in their estate. It's subject to their will if they have one. It's in the estate. In Pennsylvania and every other state has what's called an estate recovery program that stands for the idea that if there are assets in your estate when you pass away, which in this situation includes the house, those assets need to be sold and the money paid back to Pennsylvania for every penny they spent on the person's long-term care. That's the estate recovery claim. So if you didn't lose the house while dad's alive, the state can take it or the home sale proceeds once you pass away. Um, and so what I tell people that are single and on Medicaid in a nursing home is, look, Medicaid's not paying the nursing home. Medicaid is loaning you money to pay the nursing home, and that money is secured against your house through their estate recovery claim. And so when you pass away, they're going to get the house with the home sale proceeds up to the amount that they spent on care. So we lost the house. So most of the time in a single case, um, and there are a couple of exceptions to this, but most of the time with a single case and a person that goes into the nursing home, 
um, that house is is ultimately going to be subject to those care costs one way or another. Uh, and so we have a situation where single people go broke. You you can lose your house. So so to be clear, it is not an available resource for eligibility purposes. But that doesn't mean that the house is safe. The state very well may have a claim against it when you pass away. So how would you know? Well, I don't know how you would know other than to consult with an attorney that understands this stuff. And so you can find out more information at our website, secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. We offer free consultations to people that are in nursing homes or the families of people in nursing homes um, because we're tired of people going broke in nursing homes. And, again, it's not the nursing home's fault. It's that we have this crazy rule book. But at the end of the day, we have this crazy rule book, and you need to work with somebody that understands it if you want to protect your spouse or your house from the nursing home. Now, in the previous example, we were talking an awful lot about a single case. So what about a married case? What if dad goes into the nursing home, but mom is healthy and she's living out in the community? Well, in that case, um, generally speaking, the healthy spouse is going to be able to keep the home. Now, sometimes we transfer the house from dad to mom. Sometimes we don't. Um, there's an analysis we put through people, put people through rather, uh, the factual circumstances. Plus, the timing of that transaction matters, whether we can transfer it before the admission to the nursing home or after the admission to the nursing home. And, and so it's, it's a complicated thing. But oftentimes, we're able to get the house into the healthy spouse's name. And generally speaking, if it is in her name at the time dad goes into the nursing home, it's going to be safe and, and it avoids the estate recovery claim. There are nuances to that analysis. Sometimes it's not necessarily safe from the nursing home claim. And here's another problem. Uh, let's say that the house is safe. It's in mom's name. Dad goes into the nursing home. It's not an available resource. It's not in his estate, so it's not subject to the estate recovery claim. It seems like we're good, right? Uh, except what happens if mom dies first? In that situation, what happens if mom dies first? She owns a house in her own name. What does her will likely say? Everything to my husband, right? So if mom would die while dad is still in the nursing home, now her will leaves the house to the nursing home, and now I've got a single person in a nursing home. And what we know from the last segment is single people in nursing homes tend to lose the house to either the rules or the estate recovery rules. So uh, it's a pretty complicated situation. So so what do you do? Like what, what's a family to do? I, I worked hard. I have this house. Look, I've got a lot of clients. I love the generation. I built this house. I put the two-by-fours up. I ran the wires. I don't want to lose my home to Alzheimer's disease or, or a stroke. What can I do to make sure that in the event I do get sick, my spouse is okay? And one of the questions we get a lot is, should I put my house in my kid's name? Should I just give it to the kids now? And my answer to that usually is, no, I don't think it's a great idea. Because when you put your house into your kids' names, you usually make three mistakes. The first is, and this is a big one, you just gave up control. If you put, if I put my house in my kid's name and my kid goes through a divorce, where's my house? If I put my house in my kid's name and my kid dies before me, what does his will say? Everything to his spouse? So now I'm living in a house owned by my former daughter-in-law? What happens when she remarries, right? What happens if I put my house in my kid's name and my my daughter uh, then is um, sued because of a car accident? You know, is my house now subject to this issue? And and so from my perspective, giving up control, allowing your assets, you know, you might be protecting them from your potential issue here, but you're exposing it to your kid's potential issue. And so I'm not sure we have adequately solved the problem of where is mom going to live for the rest of her life, right? So 
I don't like giving up control. The second is Medicaid doesn't like you to do this. They've got this five-year look-back period thing. And so if you put your house into your kid's name and then you get sick in the next five years, it's got all kinds of problems. Um, And then the third is sometimes putting the house in the kid's name is a major tax mistake. Um, And the example is, is like this. If you know, when you, when you sell an asset that has grown in value, um, when you sell it, you have to recognize a gain. So if I bought a house for $100,000 and then I sell it for $300,000, I'm going to have to recognize a capital gain. Um, now, if that asset that had grown in value is my primary residence, the IRS, the state, they don't tax the, the, the sale of the primary residence. Now, there are some limitations to this, but by and large, the sale of most residences are exempt from capital gains tax. It's just in the in the tax code. But if I put my house in my kid's name and then... Seven years later, I need to go to a personal care home, and let's say we need to sell the house to come up with the cash to pay the $5,000 a month bill or whatever the case is. Now it's my kids selling the house, and it's not my kids' primary residence, which means now we're going to get smoked on this capital gains tax, which can hit at 15 to 18% of the, of the gain, and it's a major tax mistake. I see people making it all the time. And so be very careful about working with someone who says, all you got to do is put your house in your kid's name. Because this this analysis is actually pretty complicated, and by the time we work through it and educate our clients on this is an option, most of them don't want to do it um, because of the risks associated. So what do you do? Well, you know, one of the things is in the short term, if you have somebody in a nursing home about to be in a nursing home, just reach out to the office. Our phone number is 724-546-4227. Again, that's 724-546-4227, and we will do a a call with you to ascertain if there's something we can help because the timing of some of this matters. But for people that are more urgent, people that are almost in a nursing home or are already in the nursing home, the tools that we may employ are a little bit more complicated than what we can get into on a radio show. But we do offer free consultations, and we'll just help you through it. Again, if you need the website, it's secklerlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. Now, for folks who have more time, you know, we're in our retirement years, but we're not sick. We just want to know if later uh, we do get sick, is there anything I can do now to protect the house from the kid, uh, from the nursing home? And the answer is, we like to use trusts for this. There's certain trusts called an asset protection trust that we use um, to protect the house from these harsh rules. And so the idea is you put your house in the trust, and it's still subject to the five-year look-back period. But the house is now su- sitting in this trust, and I don't own it anymore. Technically, this trust or, uh, agreement controls the house. But I'm sleeping there every night, and I'm making a lot of the decisions with regard to who's mowing the grass and and uh, any upkeep or any additions or any repairs. I'm still involved in these decisions. Um, so life kind of goes back to normal, but because I don't technically own this as my primary residence anymore, it is now not subject to, um, the Medicaid rules once I get sick. Um, and at that point now we got a house that I, or my spouse can live in. Uh, we have an inheritance that's going to be protected for the kids. And this to me seems to be, um, sort of the nice, um, the nice way to hit the mark. You know, most people that I work with, uh, especially in the retirement years, the goal is, you know, I got this nest egg. It might be represented by the value of the house or, or a financial account. And I want to get this nest egg. I want to make sure that 
I and my spouse are okay for life, but if there's leftovers, and we hope that there's leftovers, I want the leftovers to get to my family rather than some, you know, tax man or the nursing home or the whatever. Um, But I also want to maintain control for the rest of my life. And I also want to be smart about taxes and get the care that I need when I get the care that I need. Uh, And so, you know, from my standpoint, if we want to protect the house or some other money, we want to be smart about taxes and we want to stay in control, then the Asset Protection Trust is really the only way to go. Um, And so we talk about the Asset Protection Trust an awful lot during our workshop. So I I often uh, sort of pitch the workshop here in the radio show, and I do that because I think it's very helpful. Um, It's free. We do it right in our office in Cranberry Township. Um, well, we're doing some in the community as well, but you can find them all at our website, secularlawfirm.com. And during the workshop, uh, we talk about things like giving up control, say, you know, protecting the assets. We talk about documents like wills and powers of attorney and trust. We teach you things that maybe you're thinking about, maybe you're not yet thinking about. You know, a lot of the time our clients will come in and they'll learn this thing and I'll, I'll see the spouses look at each other like, heck yeah, we got to do that. One of the things that, that uh, I'm seeing people want to plan for an awful lot these days is how do we, how do we plan to protect assets in the event that, um, if when we pass away and the the asset is going, you know, the money's going to my daughter, what happens if my daughter has an issue like a divorce or a lawsuit? What happens if if I, you know, I'm leaving this money to my kid? I see that the that the government rules are getting more and more difficult to save a buck and make a buck, um, and I've got this opportunity to leave my kid some money that will be uh, that will uh, allow them to sort of improve their lifestyle and maybe retire a few years earlier or whatever. But what happens if my daughter uh, gets into a bad marriage and goes through a divorce? Is this thing I'm leaving her, this money that I'm leaving her, are we going to lose it to to this divorce? And I like to leave uh, kids their inheritance in a certain type of trust where they can access the money, but their creditors and predators can't. And, and that, to me, um, just makes an awful lot of sense. So you can find out more about that by going to our um our website, secularlawfirm.com, S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. Um, in there, you can either register for the workshop or there's a couple of other things that I'd like to bring to your attention. We have some free downloadable guides with some handy information about some of this stuff. So like if you have someone in a, love, in a nursing home, there is a Medicaid qualification guide that you can download for free from our website. Uh, if you want to learn more about uh, some of the mistakes that we see people making with regard to their estate plans, you can download the the nine mistakes estate planning guide that is right on our website for free. Um, there's also the ability to watch pre-recorded uh, webinars that we've done um, on all of these topics. You know, in my philosophy, ever since I've owned a law firm, and it's been about a decade now, advising people on these issues, my philosophy on it and what, what's sort of behind me doing this radio show in the first place is provide people with a ton of education. Just educate, 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 educate. Um, and my hope is whether you work with my law firm, which I really hope you decide to work with my law firm, but if you decide to work with somebody else, I hope you're that, you know, this stuff empowers you to ask the right questions to that other lawyer. Um, you know, what happens if I get sick? You know, so, so many times people will go to uh, a lawyer and say, I need a will. And then a half an hour later, you're out the door with a will. And nobody really even talked about why did you want the will? Nobody wants a will. People want to know that if they get sick or pass away, that their family's well provided for, right? Um, nobody wants 
you know, a, a hammer to um, people want a nail in the wall to hang a picture, right? And so, um, way too often, I think that law firms focus on the solution before they really understand the problem. And, and so, what we try to do is educate people on here's the potential problems. Whether you're thinking about this or not, whether you're concerned about this today or not, here's the thing you ought to be aware of. And then, if you're aware of it, then you can make a decision on whether you're concerned about it. Uh, and so if you come to one of the workshops where we talk about all this stuff, we also offer you a free consultation afterward uh, so that we can do some goal setting. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Ask whatever questions you like. Uh, and, and we do all of this free because, again, I, I like to empower people. Whether you decide to work with us or engage us for work or not, um, I like to think that uh, by providing all this information, we're preventing people from making uh, estate planning and elder law mistakes. And, look, at the end of the day, we're just trying to do a little good in this world. So if uh, if any of this regis- registers with you is important, you ought to check us out um, at secularlawfirm.com. Check out some of our free resources, the guides, the videos, the in-person workshops. Um, and, uh, and hopefully it helps you to work well with your lawyer uh, with regard to your uh, estate planning decision. So quick recap of the lessons today. Um, your house, if you end up in a nursing home, is not a countable asset from an eligibility standpoint. You can become eligible for Medicaid to pay a nursing home um, while still owning a house. However, that does not mean that the house is safe because once they allow you to keep the house, they essentially take all the money and make it incredibly poss- incredibly difficult to keep the house because we don't have any money for its ongoing expenses. And if we manage to get through all of that, when you pass away— the state has a claim against your house um, for all the money they spent out for care during your life. So sometimes the executor has to sell the house just to come up with the money uh, to pay back the state of Pennsylvania. And so if you're encouraged, if you're interested in learning how to protect your house, I really think that an asset protection trust is the way to go. We can learn more about that uh, through working with you. Uh, but don't try to do this stuff on your own. Everything in this show is educational. This is not legal advice. You are not yet my client. Uh, I would like to become your attorney, but we are not your attorney today. So don't make decisions based on what you may uh, heard on this or any other episode. Give us a call at 724-546-4227, and we'd like to help you out. I thank you for listening to this week's episode. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.